When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of When in Romance is brought to you by It Seemed Like a Good Idea at the Time. It is a from best-selling author Kylie Scott comes a brand new audiobook read by Andy Arndt that will have listeners hooked. Returning home for her father's wedding was never going to be easy for Adele. If being sent away at 18 hadn't been bad enough, the mess she left behind when she made a pass at her dad's business partner sure was. 15 years older than her, Pete had been her crush for as long as she could remember. Seven years later, things are different. Adele is no longer a kid, but a fully grown adult, more than capable of getting through the wedding and being polite. But all it takes is saying Peter, seeing Peter again to bring back all of those old feelings. You can start listening now at macmillanaudio.com slash romanceaudio. Again, that is It Seemed Like a Good Idea at the Time by Kylie Scott. Many thanks to them for sponsoring the show. And happy Audiobooks Week to all of you. Hello, and welcome back to When in Romance, your favorite place to get romance info and all kinds of other stuff romance related, as long as it's about books, sometimes movies, mostly books. Um, I am Jess. And I am Trisha. And when you were just talking to us, I, it occurred to me that maybe uh, When in Romance is some people's just favorite place generally. Hey, I'll take we that don't too. Or even just like their favorite podcast place or their favorite place for Mondays. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. But, you know, we like you anyway and hope you like us. We are happy to be here with you. <laughs> Indeed we are. Even when we have to uh, make a clarification from an episode uh, previously, which usually is my bag. But this time, Jess wanted to do it. So it's my I actually, turn. yeah. And um, if you need any tips or pointers, let me know because I have done this plenty of times. So you just let me know. I, I, I will. I promise. Um, I'm going to try. I'm going to try it first time out of the gate. Um, I would just like to make it clarification from last week um, in case anybody might have been confused by a statement about an author who had been removed from Twitter. I took Scarlet. Peckham, who has released a new book, and Scarlett Parrish, who isn't releasing a new book right now, but has lots of awesome books that you should check out, um, and conflated the two. Scarlett Parrish is the author that had been removed from Twitter. Scarlett Peckham is um, selling her new book, so go buy her book, go buy Scarlett Parrish's books. Um, they're two different people, and sorry about that. And I think that's all that I needed to say about that. Well done. Crushed it first time. All right. Well done. Also, I've always liked the name Scarlet. Uh, me too. Yeah. I uh, Before I ever read the book, which was uh, probably three or four years after I was supposed to have read the book, I <laughs> thought the main character of the Scarlet Letter's name was Scarlet. It is not. It's Hester. In case it anybody ever. It would have been better. Yeah, exactly. It, I mean, whatever. That's fine. Uh, also, Miss Scarlet and Clue, much more interesting than Hester Prynne, to be honest. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. Sure, true. We all have our opinions. It's fine. It is what it is. Indeed.
Um, should we? Oh, maybe actually, you know what? Right up front, let's mention the Book Riot giveaway because you only have a few days left. Okay. Should we do that? Let's um, do that. Okay, so as you may have heard right here on this podcast, because we did such a good job this month of remembering to tell people about this giveaway. Yes, we did. In honor of season three of Recommended, we are giving away 16 of the books featured on our Recommended podcast. And once again, by we, we mean Book Riot, not me and Jess. Right. Uh, Recommended features interesting people from the book world talking about their favorite books. And as we've mentioned before, these are people that we know and love, uh, like Tessa Dare talking about, I think... She might have talked about, well, I don't remember who she talked about, but Tessa Dare was on there. Alicia Rye was on there. Somebody <laughs> talked about Sonali Dev. Sarah Wendell was on there. Lots of great people are on there. Yep. Kat Sebastian was on this season. Like, yeah, it's just a great group of people. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, if you want to um, go and find some of these books, we, we've got some of the titles online. You can just, just make sure you go by August 31st, the end of this month. Mm-hmm. You have until Friday. The, yeah. The end right, of this yes. work week. Yes. So get on there, enter the, you know, giveaway, uh, find yourself some books written by and recommended by the author guests, um, and go to bookriot.com slash recommended three to enter, or just go down into your show notes, click through there. If you're feeling a little lazy, uh, we'll get you set up, (laughs) but do it now. You can multitask while you listen to us. You can wait and do it after long story short, make sure you get signed up and go, uh, get some free books. Yay. Gay free books. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, okay. We have like, I think mostly fun, low stakes topics this week. We do. We do. Um, I do. Oh, I had something else that I wanted to, to mention as a sort of addendum, but mostly just, um, reference from last week. Um, I didn't tell you this, Trisha, that I wanted to do oh, this. Seriously, we're like in, we're like through the looking glass because it's this week you're doing all the things that I normally do. <laughs> this is fun. Um, I wanted to, um, shout out, um, Agato Veronica, who is one of our awesome, awesome followers and yes. who tweets awesome things. Um, and she mentioned in a tweet today um, in reference to our non-definitive list of who deserves an HEA in the last episode, um, that people who have endured abuse or have a history of trauma also belong on that list. And she is absolutely right. That was an oversight on my account. And I happily add these amazing people to the list of people who deserve a happily ever after. So thank you for for tweeting at us. And um, yeah, thank you. Yeah, I haven't seen that. Man, I haven't, I don't think I've, I think I was even on Twitter. I, I don't, anyway, I'm behind. <laughs> but that's amazing. Thank you so much for that addition. And I think um, we knew that that list was not, uh, had some people still to add. So if anybody mm-hmm. else knows of, of folks that were left off, hey, we will always shout out people who deserve a happy ever after. Absolutely. I think that is like probably the most fun part of our podcast is deciding uh, that everybody mostly deserves. What did we say last week? People who aren't terrible. Yeah. Yeah. If you're not evil, you deserve a happy end. Exactly. Um, But no, that is a great uh, point. And we have talked a little bit. Maybe um, it's a good thing for us to delve into a little bit more. But we have talked a little bit about um, folks that have endured uh, trauma and abuse and um you know what? Absolutely. 
I, that's one of the best things. That is one of, ah, man, that's one of my favorite things about romance is the way that the really best, most interesting romance authors have um, written stories about all kinds of different people and all kinds of different happy endings and mm-hmm. remind us that they do not just belong to one contingent of people and they really do belong to everybody. So absolutely. That is, yeah. That's a great reminder. So thank you from me as well. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So what do you think? Should we do a topic or should we do an ad spot? Well, let's do an ad spot. We can then just like talk topic to our heart's content, right? Yeah. Plus we always have like super fun ad spots. So it's we not, it's, there's not even like a big difference. All right. This one's yours. This one is mine and I'm excited for it. Um, thank you to Blood Bond by Helen Hart. Um, it is the first book in a new series. Um, let's tell you about it. Vampire Dante Gabriel is starving. I mean, right out of the bat. It's been a while since I've read a good vampire and I'm excited for this one. Um, after being held captive as a blood slave to a female vampire for years, he has finally escaped. Unchained at last, he follows his nose to the nearest blood bank to sate his hunger. ER nurse Erin Hamilton expects just another busy night shift until she finds a gorgeous stranger vandalizing the hospital blood bank. Through her logic... (laughs) I mean, can I just, like, quick time out? This makes so much sense to me. Right? Like, if you are a vampire and you are logical, why are you not just at the blood bank all the time? All the time. Dante, he's got to figure it out. So well figured out. Okay. Her logic tells him to turn him in. But she's pulled in by unfamiliar emotions that tell her to protect him. This man who seems oddly infatuated with her scent. Oh, man. Oh, man. We've all been there. (laughs) Chemistry sizzles between them. But Dante, plagued by nightmares of his time in captivity, fears he won't be able to control himself. Especially when he discovers a secret she doesn't even know she's hiding. What? Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. So, um, hot, sexy vampires are back. Um, I mean, they, they should have been hanging out, but this is like Helen yeah. Hart style hot and sexy. So I'm yeah. looking very much forward to that because, oh, yeah. yeah. Guess what? Not only are hot, sexy vampires back, they're in New Orleans. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. An excellent call. Well, and I don't, so I've only read one book by Helen Hart, and it's one that I picked up at RT, actually, when you and I were both there together. Yeah. Uh, and it was in the free book room, and it was, it's a uh, collection of short story. It's like novellas uh, that are all threesome novellas. Interesting. And they oh. are very steamy. So all I'm saying is I, I can tell you not a lot about this book, other than it sounds amazing, but I'm guessing it's probably pretty steamy. I will so. bet. I will bet. Yeah, I've I haven't read Helen Hart in a while. It's been maybe a few years since I've picked up one of her books, and I, I feel like the last one that I picked up might have been a threesome novella. I don't know, um, but either way, she knows how to how to make some steam happen. So, um, if you're interested in more information, check out Helen Hart on social, um, Facebook.com slash Helen Hart. H-A-R-D-T, um, on Twitter, Helen Hart, and Instagram, author Helen Hart. 
Um, and um, we'll have more information about Blood Bond by Helen Hart in our show notes. Uh, if anybody figures out what the secret is that Erin doesn't know that she's hiding, either DM me or just tell me to read the book because I actually really want to know. So, Right? It's like, what's what's stuck in her head that she doesn't know? Uh, I love those stories. It's a mystery. It's a um, mystery. Would you like to know what's not a mystery, Jess? What? What's not a Romance, mystery? Romance uh, actually sells a lot of freaking books. You're kidding. No, it really does. Uh, and you know what drove that point home to me recently? Um, an author that we have talked about that I am a huge, huge fan of, and I know you are a fan of as well, mm-hmm. um, Penny Reed. Uh, we mentioned her book, Dr. Strangebeard, um, which, yeah, that's the title. There's a reason that's the title, and it's amazing. Uh, so to get um, to it. Yeah, it, it's, you know, anyway. <laughs> so her book, um, it ended up on the New York Times bestseller list. They do not publish a romance list of bestsellers anymore. That's a thing that we wrote about in Book Riot long before this podcast started. But mm-hmm. um, it's a topic for another day. But they do have a combined print and ebook bestseller list. And Dr. Strangebeard hit number 13 on that list. Penny posted about it. So, first of all, huge congratulations to her. Absolutely. Because I don't know how often a indie published book because she publishes her own books hits that list like mm-hmm. it's number 13 on the list of all fiction for, that's like pretty number awesome. one on that list is origin by dan brown right um <laughs> crazy rich asians is number three like these are books that people have heard sharp objects is on this list like this mm-hmm. these are the other thing that's cool about this list is that so she's number 13 she's not even the top romance author on this list there are two others who are in slots uh, five and where's Eloisa James? Eight. So Kristen Ashley's Wild Like the Wind is number five on this list, and Born to Be Wild by Eloisa James is number eight on this list. Wow. So all three of those books came out um, in the same week. Dr. Strangebeard um, by Penny Reed, um, Born to Be Wild by Eloisa James, and Wild Like the Wind by Kristen Ashley. Um, who has often published her own books, but I actually, it looks like she might have published this one too, um, because it says the publisher is Kristen Ashley. Mm. So that's two, and I could be wrong about that. So if I'm wrong, somebody correct me because she's hybrid. She doesn't always publish her own stuff. So mm. um, somebody should, you know, let me know if, if I'm not right about that. But um, long story short, that's two indie published romance authors on the top 13 best-selling books in the country in a given week. And then a third, uh, Avon, uh, is who published Eloisa James, mm-hmm. um, Born to be Wild, that was also on that list, which I don't know why people do not respect romance more. I don't know. Like, I, like Wild Like the Wind sold better than the Bill Clinton, James Patterson book. <laughs> and granted, it's been out longer, but still, like, I... I don't know. There's, it's just, it kind of blows my mind. And to be honest with you, if you had told me, and this is my own bias, um, I was mentioning this, I had I had the great pleasure of having dinner with Robin Covington last night. She happened to be in town, and we met in person, and it was lovely. But mm-hmm. I was saying to her, my own bias, if you had told me that three romance books that came out in that week um, all hit the bestseller list, I would have guessed that one of them was actually Duke by Default by Alyssa Cole, um, which is not on the list. And I know, you know, we both know that... Um, authors who are women of color who are writing about characters of color face barriers that mm-hmm. uh, other authors do not. Um, so I'm sure that that's part of that equation. But 
I would imagine that that book also sold a lot of copies based on what we saw of enthusiasm about it out in the world. So I don't know. It would just, it just seemed cool to me that, uh, first of all, it seemed weird to me that we don't talk more about how well romance sells, but also mm-hmm. it seemed cool to me that all of these books ended up on that list and, you know, huge congratulations to all of the authors that are just kicking ass and taking names. Absolutely. Absolutely. Keep kicking out ass and taking those names. Boom. Boom. Um, yeah. So anyway, I just kind of wanted to give that a shout out. And it turns out that it's a good transition into a topic that we were going to discuss as well. Um, We got a request to talk a little bit about series and series recommendations. And that was partly because uh, uh, the, you know, request in part was related to some recommending that we had done of Penny Reed and her knitting the series. And um, I want to say it was Kate that sent that recommendation in. Um, and oh and it was okay great hello kate hello kate um, so she had mentioned that uh you know one of the things that she really liked about that series was the relationships and she was interested in whether or not we could talk a little bit about more other series and i think you and i started talking a little bit about what is it about a series that draws us to it mm-hmm. um And I have some thoughts, but I've been talking for a while, so I don't know if you have thoughts about what draws you into a series. You know, I was, I, you know, I always start by jotting down or at least looking at um, similar things that I really enjoyed and trying to think of what made them similar in my mind. Because sometimes they're similar, they're about similar kinds of people, you know, they're about like, awesome women who do awesome things or awesome dudes who do awesome things, people who break the mold, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but really when I look at some of my favorite series in the past couple of years, it has all been about interpersonal relationships and not even about the relationship, the central romantic relationship. It's about their friendships. It's about family, um, dynamics and how the families react to each other and work together um so like those are really what draw me to a series that is why i am still gung-ho for the winston brothers even though i still haven't read the last book because i am waiting for my copy at the library Mm -hmm. Ah. and uh the winston brothers is the i in case we didn't mention it is the um series that Dr. Strangebeard is a part of. It's book number five. And that's actually spun off of the Knitting in the City series, also by Penny Reed. Mm-hmm. Although I tend to recommend, um, and I may have said this before, I tend to recommend the Winston Brothers series before the Knitting in the City series, not because I like them necessarily any better. Um, the Knitting in the City series, that's hard to say. That is hard times. to say. I mean, to be fair, I'm also drinking a glass of white wine. But uh, <laughs> it is hard to say uh, but it is a great series. It's, but it's the first uh, series that Penny Reed ever wrote, and she actually, I think, wrote the first book. If I'm remembering correctly, she wrote on her blog or and has talked in podcasts. She wrote the first book as partly a challenge. Somebody was saying, you know, that they hadn't read like a smart, interesting, funny romance, and she was like, oh, I bet I could write one. Mm-hmm. And so she wrote it essentially for her friend's book club, put it up on Amazon just as a mechanism for people to get it. Uh-huh. And by the time she went to go, like, take it down, people had been downloading it. That's amazing. And so she was like, well, 
Okay. Um, so <laughs> Neanderthal Seeks Human is the first book in that series. And it, it's great. It's a good book. But I think there are, uh, I think you can tell, and this is not a, this is, it's not really meant to be a, a negative criticism. I think you can tell that her writing gets stronger as she has more opportunity to do it, as would mm-hmm. be the case with any writer. Um, and that's why I always tell people to start with the Winston Brothers series, get a sense for whether or not her style is for you. Because if it's for you, you'll be all in. And then you'll go back and ignore any of the kind of writing stuff that she was sort of figuring out early on. Um, But yeah, the relationships are great. The tone is really good. Um, And just the writing style. That's one of the big things for me that kind of hooks me into an author. And because so much of romance is in series, Mm -hmm. then you just kind of follow along. Yeah, yeah. Or discover things that you might not have if you hadn't really thought about it as a series. Um, I think, I can't remember where I was having this conversation, but we were talking about reading series in order because there are certain romance series that you absolutely need to read in order, like um, the Forbidden Hearts series by Alicia Rye. I can't imagine not developing with all of those characters. But the first series I ever read, I mean, I was 12, so I was just grabbing whatever book I found off of my mom's shelf, um, was Jude Devereaux's Montgomery Brothers series. Another one where there's an, oh, an interesting family dynamic. Um, but I picked up the first, the fourth one first. So I got to read about the youngest brother and I learned about all of the heroines in the previous books at the end, because there's a whole thing with like people climbing down trellises and into tower windows. And I don't remember. It's been a long time. Um, but then as I could go back, cause I think then I read the second one and discovered more about those people and then I read the third one and finally read the first one and it didn't take that much away um I I think I actually prefer that order than reading it in order because the oldest brother who is in the first book is the biggest asshole and I probably would have stopped (laughs) um but that's another story for another day Mm -hmm. um but you know like seeing people that might already have formed friendships like in um, the Practice Perfect series by Ruby Lang, where there is this solid group of friends and the story happens to follow these friends as they find love and then continues to talk about them. They don't just disappear at the end of their book and you never see them again. So that's another really great thing about some of these series is that people pop up again. Um, the same thing happened in the, um, what's it called? Castles Ever After series by Tessa Dare, which I, um, have been reading, bouncing around in sort of like the Montgomery's where it's like, oh, right. These people, they're cool. I read them in this, this next book and then, oh, right. This. And then it's like, oh, these are, these people are in this series. They sound like an interesting group of people. I want to read this series because they showed up in this series. So yeah, series are awesome <laughs> because of the people and their dynamics and interactions with each other, I think is what draws me to them. Well, and I think it's interesting. Oh, it, it's interesting that you mentioned the Castles Ever After series, which um, 
I'm trying to, I'm looking actually at my bookshelf, is Romancing the Duke, I think is maybe the first book in that series. Yeah. Um, yeah. And part of, when I think of that, and When a Scott Ties a Knot is in that series as well, when I think of that series, I actually think of it as one that all of the books really stand alone. So there may be some overlap in there, because I read all of those books very separate from one another. That's fair, yeah. I think it. you don't need to... You know, like if I tell somebody, read the Winston Brothers series, you don't have to read them in order. I think you might get more from them. Um, Penny Reads a, a person who sort of plants a lot of Easter eggs. So uh-huh. you will even find in, um, you know, in some of her books that are in the Winston Brothers series, stuff that's related to her Hooker and the Hermit series, her rugby <laughs> series that she uh-huh. um, has has co-written uh, and... So like there are there are a lot of those connections when but with something like romancing the duke or when a Scott ties the knot I would n- never tell anybody like oh you definitely have to read these in order or you have to read them all together or you um, unlike actually one of the series that I was thinking about when I was thinking about how much I really like author styles is uh, the Courtney Milan um, brother sinister series mm-hmm. because that's another one where you see different characters kind of coming together and. Um, it's this group of friends. It's these, the brother sinister are all these, you know, left-handed friends. Two of them are half brothers, you know, kind of, it does build on those relationships and you do see some of those friends kind of come and go. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that I think, I think I've talked a little bit about this before. Penny Reed is great at, Alicia Rye is very good at, and actually Talia Hibbert is really good at that. Mm-hmm. I like in series talking about interpersonal relationships is that, it's pretty easy to throw a cameo from somebody. Well, I shouldn't say it's pretty easy. I've never written a book. It seems <laughs> like it might be pretty easy to be like, oh, hey, remember Steve from book one? Here he is in book three. And now his wife's pregnant. Like, good for her. Um, like, it's, it's easy to throw cameos in from other couples. What I think is much more interesting is when an author presents a different perspective on someone who was a hero in book one mm-hmm. and then kind of presents not 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 that they're not a hero or not that they're like a bad person or like a twisted person in any way but kind of just lets you see a different side of them i've mentioned before penny reed definitely does this in uh the winston brothers series in her books three and four um beard science is book number three and um beard and mind is number four and it's cletus and Bo. and the books take place at the same time mm-hmm. so you're seeing the same story from two different perspectives and if you read number three, Cletus is a hero. And if you read number four, you're reading it being like, God, he's kind of a jerk. What is that going to And I think that the Forbidden Heart series from Alicia Rye is very similar in that it, it's in that some of the, you know, hero, the guy who's the hero in book one is dating the sister of the hero in book number two. And he, the, you know, brother's not like that thrilled about it. Like there's mm-hmm. kind of some of that stuff. And, um, reading uh, now the Ravenswood series by Talia Hibbert, you can see not even so much that um, her characters are portrayed differently or negatively, but it's almost like they have exactly the same flaws in all of the different books. And they mm-hmm. really, you know, the heroine in uh, Ruth, who is the heroine in book one, is um, now the sister of, I think it's Hannah in the book I'm reading now, book two and a half book there's a there's like a middle novella which is also interesting because it features like the woman who's maybe kind of the enemy in uh you know the she's the other woman sort of in book one it's very complicated but it really is just that reminder of 
nobody's ever all perfect or all terrible. Mm-hmm. The perception is really important. And the way that some really talented authors portray that makes for me the series much more interesting to read, to be able to kind of see those different perspectives. Absolutely. Yeah. I will also say I sometimes get hooked in by like a, an X factor. <laughs> so um, in the, I can't remember the name of the series, the Alyssa Cole series that starts with radio silence. Mm, yeah. Um, oh gosh. This, what's the name of it? It's the sci-fi series. Um, it's essentially like a post-apocalyptic. There's three books and it's a family. And the, the thing that kind of hooked me into that series was needing to know what happens because <laughs> the first book happens in the immediate aftermath of this sort of apocalypse. It's not really, it's, this event that happens. Mm -hmm. And then the second book is like trying to figure out how to maybe turn the corner on this event. And then the third book is what does the recovery look like? Mm -hmm. And so in addition to the fact that Alyssa Cole is just an amazing writer, that trajectory is really interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, But one of the things that I mentioned to Jess, you know, when we were going to maybe have this conversation a couple weeks ago is there are series that I kind of have worked my way through and sometimes even like torn my way through as a reader that I wouldn't necessarily say like, oh yeah, everybody on the podcast should, should read this series. Um, there's, so I read one of the first romance series I ever read was the Virgin River series by Robin Carr. And I didn't, it's gotta be like 15 or 20 books long. (laughs) Um, and the first book is Virgin River. Mm -hmm. I, I kid you not. That is a name. And this book has sold no joke. 10 million copies. Like Not this, surprised. Like, it's an actual, that is the number of copies. And I don't know what it was, whether it was, like, the setting or the central couple or the fact, like, Jack, who is the hero, is this, like, weird combination of, like, laid-back beta male but also, like, sharpshooter person. Side note, there is some violence in that book. Be careful. If that's <laughs> not a thing for you, you should steer clear of it. But, like, that central couple was always really interesting to me. And so then I read the first, like, four or five books because they continue to prominent, like, to feature prominently in those books. Uh. Once they stopped talking about, like, Jack and Mel, like, I stopped caring and stopped, like, reading. Because it's the kind of, and due credit, like I said, 10 million copies. It's kind of the same thing over and over again. And once I, like, they stopped talking about the people I cared about, I was like, all right, I'm out. I don't care about this anymore. Whereas I had a series that was actually the opposite. Um, probably the first paranormal romance series I ever picked up was Cheryl and Kenyon's Dark Hunters. And, uh-huh. you know, that one starts out pretty much a monster of the week kind of series where it's like couple meets, they mate, they're, they're in love, they're there for life. Maybe somebody shows up. But the main person who regularly showed up was Akron, who was kind of like the Dark Hunter's leader. And then he got his own book, like maybe 10, 12 books in, I can't remember, 14 books in. Um, oh, my and- God. And then I stopped because it was like, well, "Well, I mean, I don't really care anymore. I was waiting for him to find the love of his life because he was helping all of these other guys find the love of their lives. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So then you're good. So then I was good. Well, and I think we've talked a little bit, too, about that challenge that happens when you're like actually really excited about book one and maybe even book two. But if book three isn't out yet and you walk away, Mm -hmm. there has to be a really compelling thing that like brings you back in for book right four five six you know whatever and that's 
Um, like, you know, you may know for sure that you will or won't read Dr. Strangebeard. Um, but there are definitely some series that I haven't quite gotten to yet, but I'm, or that I'm one book in or two books in that I would like to get back to that I just, because there are so many books. There are so many books. I, I'll tell you what, I bought the entire Fit trilogy because I read Wrapped mm-hmm. by Rebecca Weatherspoon and was like, I love this. And mm-hmm. I've been meaning to read the others. So I bought all three. I read the first one. It's like, this is amazing. The other two have just been sitting there yeah. because there are so many books and I want to get back to them. And I keep sort of reaching for Sated or whichever the second one is. And it's then something, you know, squirrel, but yes. <laughs> their yeah. series are, are the lifeblood of romance and we love that they exist, but wish they would stop. Uh, yeah. We love that they exist and also wish they would stop. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's so complicated to be a romance reader. It is. It's, uh, it is. Well, uh, well, Kate, hopefully that um, provides you with uh, more than you ever wanted to know about mm. series. And uh, and some of the ones, that, like the Brother Sinister series, when I read it, I bought it as a bundle. So mm. uh, some of these are available to you all, all in one, all in a whole collection. Yeah, Practice Perfect is a bundle. Uh, yeah. bon- bonus recommendation, the Journey to the Heart series by Tiff Marcello. Um, oh, yeah. I think that one might be available in a bundle. Uh, the family dynamics and the friendships in, in that series are just so great. Um, and yeah, yeah, I could I could talk about all of those all the time. Is the first one the first one has a food truck too, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's um uh, north to you. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually met her at a book event here in the DC area. Sorry, Jess. Uh, oh. And she was lovely. She could not have been nicer. Um, so. I just like to like to you know acknowledge that I am like very many very many romance readers across the world where I can't be at these places and be sad and hate you but love you at the same time. I think so that's fair. I'm really like we said, it's complicated to be a romance reader. It is. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, those are series. Uh, let's let's hit another ad spot and then we will talk. Uh, maybe about children, maybe about book, book clubs. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but uh, our other sponsor this uh, this week is Chica Chocolate. We talked about them a couple of weeks ago. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Chica Chocolate, an herbal chocolate company run by two young women who want you to know that your period doesn't have to suck. Their mission is to change how we think about menstruation, and it all starts with their truffles, which are infused with an ancient Chinese herbal blend formulated to promote hormone balance. These chocolates are a delicious indulgence and a natural alternative for PMS relief. They are designed to target the root cause of your period symptoms and deliver directly to your door on a subscription basis. Chica is for anyone looking to treat themselves to a better cycle. So, okay, they sent us a sample of these. And again, I am not, nobody needs to know like all of the details of my life. That's fine. I will tell you, I used my sample of these chocolates. I don't, this is, my comments are not FDA approved. Uh, (laughs) But, and they are, they they are not paying me extra to like tell you the things I'm about to say. I seriously think they worked. Like (laughs) I am a person that has a very difficult time every four weeks there are heating pads there's a lot of my doll there's like a lot of things going on uh <laughs> here in this apartment that i'm currently recording in um 
But I, yeah, I don't know, guys. I it could have been any number of maybe factors, but the it was things were life was much more pleasant <laughs> uh, when that four week marker hit uh, this time around. Um, there is a discount code Chaching C H A C H I N G for fifteen percent off your first month of Chica, and I may have to look into it because I honestly. I don't think I pulled my heating pad out once, which thank God for that because it's oh, wow. August. It's hot. Yeah, yeah. It's so yeah. miserable. I don't even think I took any Midol. Like, wow. I don't. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like I said, this is, I am not a scientist. <laughs> I am not a wizard. Like, I am not trying to tell anybody, you know, how to manage their own body. But I will tell you. I was a little, uh, I was a little surprised when I looked back. I actually even, I'm trying to think of like a way to say this that is not more information. I think if you were to look at my tracking app, you would find that there were fewer days uh, that were marked as potentially, you know. Tracked. Tracked. Thank you, Jess. <laughs> uh, than otherwise would have been the case. So all I'm saying is even if, all I need to know, Chica Chocolate, the fact that Chica Chocolate has sponsored this show has worked out great for me. That's all I'm saying. My, there you go. Yeah, exactly. So again, I'm, they are, they, I'm pretty sure they would have paid Book Riot the same, even if I had just read their talking points. But I felt like all of you should know that. And I do have their page open. Also, I will say this too, because I was mentioning it to a couple of my friends and they went online to like look into it more. Their website is actually really cool. They have like a, a, a blog where they um, did some kind of analysis about stuff like why people have canceled their subscriptions and, mm -hmm. you know, just generally some, they, like they have some FAQs and some things where they generally are kind of trying to check into what's working, what's not working for people. I do think it's kind of a cool small business run by women who seem like they're actually trying to do good stuff. So cool. Cool. Anyway, all that aside and all the money I'm saving on my doll and all of the heat that I'm saving by not using my heating pad. <laughs> Long story short, Chica chocolate. We will have the link in the show notes, but in the meantime, feel free to check them out on Twitter. Oh man. Oh, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to do this. Chica chalk chicks. Oh, that was actually pretty good. Uh, they're on yeah. Instagram as well at Chica Chocolate Chicks and on Facebook also at Chica Chocolate Chicks. Sweet, so, sweet. Cha Ching, C H A C H I N G for 15% off, or just go to the show notes. It's probably easier, guys. <laughs> um, and that, so thank you again to Chica Chocolate for both sponsoring the show and also everything else. Yes, thank you, Chica Chocolates. Um, all right. Would you like to take a few minutes and talk about uh, children in books? Why don't we? Let's do that. Okay, so here's what happened. I recently discovered that somehow I ended up reading or being in the process of reading three different books, this is completely random, that featured either nannies or governesses. <laughs> and so I told Jess, it made me think a little bit about the role of children in romance. So uh, I will first of all tell you what those books are. And then Jess, you can tell me if you have read or have at top of mind books about children uh, in romance also. Okay. And then we can go from there. Um, so the first book is one that I don't even, I just kind of happened across. Uh, it's a book called Boy Toy by Serena Bowen and Tanya Eby. Mm. Um, 
I apologize, Tanya. I think I got your last name wrong. Uh, and then, as I mentioned, I'm reading the most recent Talia Hibbert book called Untouchable, which uh, also features a woman who works with children and is, you know, the heroes in desperate need of an... If you read the first book, you know, like, she can't actually work as a preschool teacher because of a uh, incident of revenge that she took out on behalf of her... Not against children. There were no children involved. Uh, <laughs> no children and involved, then, yeah. Something amazing happened, and the governess game showed up in my mailbox. Whoa, and so, whoa. even though I'm not done with these books, like I started reading that because I love Tessa Dare. And so, I don't know. So, I actually did read So, Boy Toy is done, Untouchable, I'm like halfway through, and now I'm like five chapters into the governess game by Tessa Dare because I love her and it's amazing. But anyway, there's all these children, and I kept thinking, like, I don't even have children. I don't care that much about children, and I'm reading <laughs> all of these books. So, um, and it made me think, I know you've read at least one of those books, and you're I have excited read, about others. Yeah, I have read The Governor's Game. I have not gotten to Untouchable because I try to save my Tolly Hibbert until she announces another one. Uh- <laughs> There. <laughs> and I had not heard of Boy Toy, but I am definitely going to seek it out. I don't know how I even found it. I don't know. They're like these two adorable children. They're two little girls. They're twins. One of them has to wear a helmet because she's always like running into things and attacking them. <laughs> it's kind of great. And I recently read How the Duke Was One, which is not about a governess or a nanny, but the Duke does have a young, very precocious, illegitimate child who likes to run about the castle. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So. Um, and the author of that is... Lenora Bell. Lenora Bell. So we will mention that um, in the show notes as well. Mm-hmm. So I became... Yeah, so in uh, as I was thinking about this and reading about this, I came up with a list of... Trisha's completely arbitrary rules for children in romance novels. <laughs> so you can tell me just where I have this right or wrong. Um, so first of all, I feel like the children have to fit the tone of the book, mm-hmm. which probably doesn't make any sense. But um, so there's a book called Sustained by Emma Chase, which I've mentioned before, where uh, a woman um, inherits custody of her nieces and nephews when her brother and his wife dies. And it's like five or six kids And the hero is like this alpha male lawyer guy. And he's like kind of a jerk. He's very arrogant. He's full of himself. But um, one of the kids tries to pick his pocket. And so the kid's like nine or maybe 11. But like he's young. So he uh, takes the kid. He's like, tell me where you live. Like I will take you home. Um, and he takes this kid home and he, he finds like, oh, there's this woman who's like this beautiful woman caring for all of these children. And <laughs> The way that sustained works is that all of these kids sort of like bring out the best in Jake. Like the pickpocket kid brings out both his like sort of sarcastic, you know, um, like, uh, you know, not criminal side, but he was like a little <laughs> bit of a delinquent also. And so like he relates to that. But also like the two-year-old who only knows two words, like, who always says um, hi and no, when she has nightmares, like he goes and comforts her until you get to see his like emotional lovely side. So there's that. But then there's also um, the books like Claudia Connor's Worth the Fall, which is um, a much more, it's kind of what I call airbrushed romance. Mm-hmm. Where, like, everything is always sort of soap opera-y and air... Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, the challenges never come from 
anywhere other like they're never internal they're always external so mm. there's a, a widowed mother in that book um and the the guy who matt who falls in love with her is like a navy seal but this <laughs> mother course. has like five children and is pregnant oh and like all yeah exactly and there's like not a lot of humor in this book which is i mean it's a great book but there's like not a lot of humor in it mm-hmm. but again it's the children are all like also sort of like adorable and precocious and serious in the way that that is the tone of the book like mm-hmm. that's these are, you know, books like children, the children fit the tone of the book. That is my point. Yes. So that's rule number one. Mm-hmm. Rule number two is the children cannot be anywhere near the sexy times. Like, <laughs> I just don't need that. Like, <laughs> that is not for me. No. I don't know. No. I'm not going to tell anybody else how to live their life. Uh, also, and this is very selfish, but I feel like I must be charmed by the children, even if they are hellions. Yes. Because I feel like they're always hellions. They're always hellions. <laughs> what is it with the Okay, I have read one book in which the child is not a hellion, um, but the child also has cancer. <laughs> so Oh good heavens. Oh is that oh, I'm trying to think if we read the same book. Uh now I can't think of what it's called. Well, this one in particular was Love Comes Silently by Andrew Gray. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, right. Because I think that was the one I told you to read. Yes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yep. I have definitely read that. Uh, And you're right. Yes. The child child is like precocious and lovely, but also, you're right, has (laughs) cancer. So, but again, it very much fits the tone of the book. Like the, the, it's a, I feel bad using the word humorless because that's not a fair word because it it has such a negative connotation Mm -hmm. but it also is kind of accurate um so anyway so yes i but like and it's again very selfish of me to ignore the fact that in real life children are not charming all the time but also i'm not reading this romance novel for real life (laughs) so but like even kate with her helmet like uh, in the uh uh boy toy book where like (laughs) she's always tackling people i think that's great um (laughs) So gender is not always treated as fluid in romance, but my rule number four, uh, because gender is not always treated as fluid, is that boy and girl children should not be treated differently. Mm-hmm. That makes me a little bit bananas. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was rule number four. Um, and rule number five is actually kind of not child-related. It's sort of a side note. But I will give a high five to any author who does not put children in their epilogue or in their series. Uh, right? yes. like, so somebody like Victoria Dahl, who you won't get like three books down the line in the series and find out that the couple from book one has children now. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Those are my rules. Because I just feel like not every couple wants to have children. Not mm-hmm. every couple can have children. Not every couple maybe should have children, right? Like it's, or maybe not everybody wants them right away. I was on, I was at, uh, I think RT one year and uh, Victoria Dahl and Tessa Dare were on a panel together. And somebody asked that question, like why do romance authors always feel like we need to know that somewhere down the line, their characters are having babies. And Victoria Dahl was like, mine don't. (laughs) Tessa Dare was like, Tessa Dare said, to be honest, mine are historical, and so I want people to know that they were able to have the babies and nobody died, because mm-hmm. that wasn't always the case. And yeah. I was like, all right, yeah, that's fair. But that's also, fair. you know, anybody, like, there are a lot of couples that just don't have kids, and that's mm-hmm. fair. And I've, I've been, I don't, I can't give any examples, because I don't recall which, but... 
I have seen more instances of couples, even in historical fiction, deciding not to have children mm-hmm. or or at least like not having that epilogue conversation of guess what? There's going to be three of us. Not that there's anything terrible about that conversation. I'm very used to that conversation now that Mm -hmm. I've been reading romance for 20 years. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, it doesn't always have to happen. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Well, and it is kind of ironic to even be having the conversation of, like, where do children fit in romance? Because there is a fair amount of sex in romance. And in many cases, that is where children come from. Yes. But also, it's not, you know, I don't necessarily need to be reading about the many challenges of childbirth or figuring out how to balance childcare and work and whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, I think it's a, sometimes it is helpful in that it fits into the story, right? Like, the reality of someone's life is that they are trying to manage the um, reality of having children and balancing all of those things. Mm-hmm. And so when it's real and fits the story in that way, I think that's helpful. But romance does ask us to suspend certain amounts of belief sometimes. And mm-hmm. I'm okay with suspending that part of belief. It's not a thing for me that I particularly relate to. I think mm-hmm. it, to be fair, there are a lot of people who appreciate having parents in romance because it is a thing that they relate to. And so it's a right. big it's a huge connection point for them. And that's, like I said, my list is completely arbitrary. And there's a reason it's called Trisha's Completely Arbitrary Rules. Because <laughs> I am the only person who gets to decide what I read. And everybody else gets to decide what they read. So Absolutely. Yeah. I also, um, speaking of kids that um, do fit the tone of the book, the other one that I was thinking of actually was Evan from um, His Convenient Husband. He's a, a great example, I think, of a kid. He's a teenager preteen teenager i think yeah um and he's uh a kid who is um i think first of all very charming speaking of rule (laughs) number three but also uh is a good fit for what the tone of that book is um and also what the challenges are that that couple is facing Mm -hmm. like he fits really well into that story yeah Um, it's a good it's a good balance I don't know. I don't know if you have thoughts on children and romance beyond what we've talked about, Jess. I think you've hit a lot of the good points. I love charming children. I love hellion charming children because, yeah. like you said, they're always hellions. Like, mm-hmm. what would it take to to tumble be without those kids? Non-existent. Mm-hmm. Well, in yeah. part because the mm-hmm. the actual setup for the story wouldn't have happened. But also, like, so much less fun. Yeah. Well, and uh, the first chapter, I, like the first line of like the first full chapter of the governess game uh, has um, the charges of the hero in that book uh, killing off one of their dolls. Dolson's my favorite. <laughs> I'm only like 50 pages into this book. I have a feeling there's going to be like a whole backstory that's actually very moving related to this. But in the meantime, it's very charming. And the fact that nobody can ever keep a governess or nanny. That is the thing that I'm learning from these governess and nanny books. They're like, mm-hmm. oh, these children are such hellions. No one can ever keep a governess or nanny. Yep. 
Yep. I mean, we learned that from Mary Poppins. <laughs> it's true. And uh, I think we have more governess slash nanny books to look forward to, right? Oh, yeah. I'll tell you, I am really excited about one that was announced and then suddenly in existence. And that is Rebecca Weatherspoon's new hot man nanny book. Um, yeah. And I think you and I are in agreement that the term Manny is not one that we're particularly excited about. No. But again, to each their own. Everybody yeah. can be uh, a Manny, for those of you who have not put two and two together on this, is a <laughs> man who is a nanny. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we probably feel like you don't need two different words. But no, that's, you know, that's fine. Uh, pardon me. The hashtag is actually... Buff male nanny, not hot male nanny. Oh, Jess. Ah, it's shame. a real disappointment. You're doing your best. I'm doing my best. The book is called Rafe. Um, mm. And check out her website because she has done the cover reveal for it. And man, that, that, that cover model, I don't know who he is, but I want to stroke his face. Um. And, uh, one and I thought like, I was giving away about a lot about my life. I feel like uh, I, I mean it's just it's also, like yeah. chiseled. Mm-hmm. One thing that I love about what Rebecca, Rebecca Weatherspoon does when she's like conceptualizing a novel is she finds people and does sort of like the inspo. Uh, what do you call it? Like she'll do a collage of like, this is the person who looks the most like Mm. my hero. And this is the person who looks most like my heroine. And if there's like a third character or a kid or anything like that, she'll put that in there. And I have to say the person who inspired Rafe is one of my favorite supporting characters from a TV show that, five people watched and so scrolling through um her cover reveal with her character inspiration collage was like wait no it's danny um but yeah can you give the name of the actor or the show because you your people are probably listening to this podcast i don't know um oh gosh what is the, the show is um baby daddy which oh, okay. was on abc family free whatever it's called now freeform and the um, guy is the main character's brother, who is a an adorable lunkhead. Um, that might be enough information. People might be able to figure it out from there. Yeah, you can go find it. He's just he's 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 a hockey player in the show, so you know he's like six six, ginger bearded, silly, adorable, beautiful. So yeah, that was the inspiration for this character, guys. <laughs> well, now we know. Now you know. And now you know how we feel about uh, nannies and children and romance and the confluence of all those factors. Absolutely. So I guess now we really do need to truncate our um, last topic, huh? I mean, I think so. But we also, uh, you know, I think we need a lot of input from the people. So I think we do. Yeah. Why don't you take it away? Okay, so if you remember the last episode, we talked about um, doing a book club with all of you, and there was a lot of excitement. We did get a few people reach out, and we have some 
some some ideas for books we'd like to offer to you to vote on for our first book. What we wanted to do was make sure that it was accessible to as many people as possible. So this isn't going to be anything that was um, sold only on Kindle, because I know that there are a lot of those books that we talk about and really love, like anything by Tali Hibbert. Um, So we wanted to make sure it was available in print and also in audio, maybe popular enough that you can find it at your local library or at least ask your library to buy it. Um, so we want we want all the avenues available to you. And we we use that kind of idea to think of some some good books for us all to share. Exactly. And uh, when Jess says we, she means more uh, her than me because she sent me a note today and said, hey, do you think we should just share like our top couple of books to propose and have people vote? And I didn't get that email. So uh, that's my fault. I wasn't paying enough attention. So credit where it's due. Jess did the lion's share of the work. So she has um, a handful of books that I'm very excited about. I think she's got four. And I am holding out. uh, I may add a fifth. Uh, and if I do, then you will see that among the others. Um, but why don't you share your four, Jess, and then we'll tell people where to where to vote. Sure. Um, I was thinking about some slightly older titles, like someone we've already talked about today, um, Tessa Dare's A Night to Surrender, which is the first book in the Spindle Cove book. Um, it, I mean, it's like $3.99 on Kindle. I'm sure you can find it in a new or used bookstore and at your library. And I I have actually not read that. I started with Tessa Dare's later books, so I was like, why don't we all go back to the beginning? Um, another t- title that I was thinking of was Jeannie Lynn's Butterfly Swords, also the first in a series, her Tang Dynasty series, I think. Um, Alexis Hall's Glitterland, which uh, Trisha says is v- very good. It's very good. It's very <laughs> angsty, you guys. It's really good. Yeah, so if you want to do some angst this time around, um, we can definitely do that. This is also, um, unfortunately, the only LGBT option that I am offering today, though Trisha might have one later, we'll see. Um, And the last is a title you will all be familiar with. It's actually not out yet, but it will be by the time we decide upon a title. So... If what you, is it, Jess? If you I'm are, not sure I'm familiar with it. If you are interested in actually reading Intercepted by Alexa Martin. <laughs> oh, Intercepted by Alexa Martin. Sure, yeah. <laughs> I heard about that on a podcast once. I think I did too. Yeah. Uh, Intercepted by Alexa Martin. You might uh, vote for that because that one is coming out on September 11th? 10th? 10th, 11th? 11th. Yeah. We'll... We'll check. Yeah. yeah. September. Um, so like I said, by the time we decide on a title, it will be out. <laughs> um, and if we don't decide on that title, we can offer it again as the next book club book. It's true. September 11th is when it's coming. And our, so this episode is coming out August 27th. Uh, and we are hoping to announce our pick on September, the episode that drops September 10th. So people will have that information. Absolutely. And in the meantime, if you are interested in voting, so like I said, uh, there's a 
there's an empty fifth slot that uh, we may drop another book into. Um, we can, uh, we will stick a, maybe we'll put a poll on um, Twitter, on Instagram. You can always just email us if you want. Mm-hmm. Or uh, you can even just send us a message on Twitter or Instagram or email if you don't care to do any voting. Um, are there other ways to get a hold of us that I'm not mentioning? Twitter, Instagram. Oh, we can check the messages on the show notes online on the Book Riot website. Absolutely, if you want to comment there, um, because that's right there when you go on the website. Um, you are more than welcome to do that. We'll see them. Yeah. Otherwise, you can find uh, me on Twitter at Trisha underscore reads. And you can find me there at Jess is reading, all one word. I have a feeling that if you send uh, a message to at Book Riot, it would probably get to us as well. But mm-hmm. it's probably safer to send to one or the other of us. Uh, and we are on Instagram. Probably I would put a poll on Instagram stories. Um, so I am at Trisha Haley Brown, T-R-I-S-H-A-H-A-L-E-Y-B-R-O-W-N. Maybe I'll do it twice. I don't know. We'll see. And that's great because I can kind of open a story, um, but Yay. you can always tag me um, at Jess underscore is underscore reading. Or you can just put up a post and tell people of those five books, which one you want them to tell, have them tell you which one. And use the when in romance hashtag. Of course, use the when in romance hashtag. What a good point, Jess. What a good point. <laughs> Maybe that's the thing we should do in our next podcast is uh, update people on how the when in romance, when in romance podcast or hashtag, man. We gotta wrap this up. I am not doing great. Um, okay, we've covered Twitter. We've covered Instagram. Um, you can reach me at Trisha, T-R-I-S-H-A, at riotnewmedia.com. And you can get me at Jessica, J-E-S-S-I-C-A, at riotnewmedia.com. Uh, some of these links will be in the show notes, but you will also be able to find in the show notes in your podcaster the link to the When in Romance podcast. So also feel free to pop through there and uh, leave comments. Um, we check those as well. Uh, and I think, have, is that it? Have we done the damage we can do today, Jess? I think we have. I don't think we should do anymore. I think... I feel like we didn't do a lot of book recommendations two weeks ago, but I think we made up for it. I think we did. <laughs> Especially with the series, you know, that's like... Oh, man. Yeah. More books than anyone needs right now. Uh, (laughs) That's probably the appropriate amount. Yeah. Okay. I'll give you that. Yeah. All right. Well, let us know uh, what you guys are excited about book club-wise. And many thanks to everybody for listening. Yes, absolutely. We'll talk to you soon. And happy, happy reading. Happy reading, everybody. Mm -hmm.